Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I am your host. I'm excited to have as my guest today, Evans Putman. Evans is the founder of Podcast Profit School and a business consultant who partners with visionary, collaborative entrepreneurs with big positive messages and missions to help them create simple, sustainable client acquisition solutions and cash flow confidence for their business. He's the creator of the podcast ATM business model, the infinite impact method, and the Surpreneur blueprint. And his trainings are licensed by and featured in ClickFunnel founder Russell Brunson's high ticket coaching programs. After 20 plus years as an entrepreneur and creating and selling three businesses, Evans is now on a mission to help entrepreneurs like you build purpose-driven, profitable businesses, create more time freedom, and create infinite positive impact to change lives. Welcome, Evans, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Oh, thank you, Brett. Thank you for having me. Grateful for the opportunity to come on and share. Well, I so appreciate you being here. So we first crossed paths for our listeners uh, just within the last couple of weeks, honestly. I heard Evans doing a, delivering a training for the Connected Leaders Academy. And obviously, I was impressed enough to reach out to Evans and invite him to be a guest on the show because I feel like he has some valuable tips he can share with our listeners. So... I definitely want to get into podcasting a little bit later in the show, Evans, but uh, initially I'd like to find out a little bit more about your speaking journey. How did you even get involved in it in the first place? When did it become a business tool for you and how have you used speaking in your business? Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to share. And my speaking journey, other than speaking on podcasts, doesn't really go and summits, things like that, doesn't go too far back. It's um, probably been about... 18 months or so when I started using speaking more intentionally as a tool to grow my business. And that was through virtual events um, that I created myself to help sell my products and services while giving a lot of value to the audience. So it was, it was joining a program about, I'm looking at the calendar. It's probably been about 18 months um, when I first joined this program and got into the elite speakers program with um, Eileen Wilder and Joseph Aaron and started learning the speaking um, game a little bit for virtual events. And it's it's been a game changer. Now, have you spoken just at virtual events? Have you also done some live in-person events? 
It's mainly been, well, for me lately, it's just been virtual events. I mean, you could go back in my past and when I was a personal trainer, probably about 20-ish years ago, uh, a little bit younger back then, I actually did some speaking then in front of audiences um, around health and fitness and things like that, but never any really big, big stages, big events. And um, I actually came from a place where I, you know, I, I was terrified to get in front of people and speak, even a small crowd, right? I didn't like standing up in front of my class and sharing anything. And um, it wasn't until I really started realizing that I had something uh, that somebody in the crowd would get value mm -hmm. from what I was sharing, that it, it felt like it opened up this freedom to not be, to not have anxiety about speaking anymore, because I knew that it wasn't really me that was on the stage that they were paying attention to. It was the message right. that they were receiving and how it could help them. So that changed a little bit and sort of gave me that permission to step out and to, to be more vocal with my um, message and mission. You know, my, my journey is similar in that I was happy. I was a back of the room guy at conferences for many, many years. So I'd handle the sales table in the back of the room and then as fulfillment partner for some of the biggest names in the speaking industry, it was it was my shtick. I, I was behind the scenes or whatever. But eventually I did realize that, you know, Brett, you need to overcome your naturally introverted ways and get in front of the room too, because you do have some things that you need to share with the world. And you're cheating people if you're not out there sharing your message. So kudos to you and everybody who's stepped out of the into the limelight, so to speak, and been sharing things that will help others out. So Evans, in my mind, there are three primary types of speakers. You have your keynote speaker, who we're all familiar with, paid a fee to go into an association or corporation, deliver a talk. You have what I call the platform seller, who is obviously they're doing training and then offering continuing education of some type at the end. And then you have just what I call the business builder speaker. Maybe it's a chiropractor, a financial planner, whatever. And they're just speaking to build, you know, to local groups to build awareness of what that is that they have to offer. And then hopefully at some point in time, if that person has a need for whatever they offer, they'll come to do come to them because they've established themselves as the obvious expert in their local area. So which of those umbrellas do you feel that you best fall under? Um, well, you know, like we were just sharing, it probably started with the the business speaker, where when I was a personal trainer, I would go speak to groups and get in front of them. But it is more definitely to the platform speaker where I put on virtual events and, you know, I share, uh, I focus on the transformation and helping shift beliefs and help people really see that they can do the thing that I have to offer. And then at the end, I offer them the opportunity to work with me. So those are generally done for myself. And then I also offer the same services to clients as well. I do event consulting with quite a few clients that have come to me to share this framework that I've been working on the past 18 months and how we put it together. Cause these are generally, um, generally what I do, you know, probably people listening, they've heard of the challenge, the five day challenge. Mm -hmm. And I've done those before in the past multiple times, but generally what I do now is what I call a um, virtual mini event. It's a little four hour pop-up event where people come in, they learn my business system, my model of um, how we get results. And I help them start to build that and create it. I share a lot of stories, 
stories around our success, stories around client success. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, I just, it's not, it's a no pitch event. So it's not like I'm having them rush to the back of the room to buy something, the virtual back of the room. Right. But more of the, just, um, I, I give them an invitation. If you want to explore further, you, you know, there's an application you can fill out and then we'll get on a call and see if it's a good fit. Sure. So since your experience is primarily in the virtual world, Share with our listeners, if you would, Evans, maybe three tips for being most successful as a speaker on a virtual platform. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. And there's a there's a few, you know, what I the way I do it now is that generally we don't use slides. It's very interactive. So for me, that's one. Right. I like to use a lot of um, what I call universal questions to start to get people engaging in the audience. So I like to keep the energy high, mm -hmm. right? Because if you, especially if you're gonna have people hanging out with you four or five hours, if they join the VIP, you gotta keep the energy high. You have to keep them engaged, right? You have to keep them to where they, they're not only their attention, but their energy is a part of what's happening in the room. So to me, that's one is just the engagement factor. And um, the other one, I'll, I learned this from, uh, Joe and Eileen was to quickly shift to the you as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. When you're sharing a story, think about how the stories you share, you want them to connect with the 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 listener, the person on the other end, the the attendee. But you also want to start sharing the story from a place of where you want your ideal prospects to be. So it's sort of um, for lack of better terms, pushes away people that maybe aren't ready to work with you yet, but brings the ones that are towards you. But you really have to quickly go from, I was doing this to, do you know how it feels when you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the I to the you quickly. And then the last thing I would share this, I learned this was big from event number one that I ever did to the second one, I learned a really big lesson. And I'd love to share with everybody. So I'd, I'd ask the, the the listeners, how many of you know when you sort of do something for the first time and you're flying by the seat of your pants, you're feeling like you're just sort of in action, in motion, and you're just putting stuff out there, right? A lot of it's coming more from the heart, from a place of just getting it out there. And that was me in my first event because I planned it two weeks after I started learning this system and I committed to it. And so I sort of jumped out of the plane and put <laughs> built the parachute on the way down. Right. It was like, right. um, but the way it came across, I actually had, I, I was featured in a book by Joe and Eileen wrote this book, million dollar speaker. Um, they featured my story in there because I had a lady that, pulled her car over to the side of the road, jumped out of her car. She was listening on Zoom and started running around screaming and yelling. She was so excited from what I was sharing. And I thought, that's amazing, right? And it, the but here's the lesson. So the next one I did was about four weeks later. This one, I was very meticulous about going back and saying, okay, I did it this way, but I can make it better by doing this, 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 and this. I pretty much bombed in my second event. And when I looked back, I started thinking, okay, what was the big differentiating uh, differentiator? And it was that the first one, I really came from a place of the heart. Mm -hmm. 
from a place of just being in that moment, in that energy and sharing like my true self, my authentic self and what was flowing out of me in a way. And the next time I was very methodical and very, very much in my mind. So there, the emotion wasn't there. The energy wasn't there. And the attendees didn't feel the connection. So to me, I learned a really big lesson at that point that, you know, sometimes you just, I used to coach basketball and I remember our kids, it's like teaching them a play the first time you have to practice. But when you get in the moment, you just have to release and just go with the energetic feeling and the intuition and just let that energy carry you through. So to me, that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned that I would be glad to to share with folks. All right, so I want to roll back around to your first tip there, Evans, which was building up the engagement and all that. So what, what were your best or what are your best techniques for getting the audience in a virtual situation engaged as quickly as possible and on your side? Mm. Um, yeah, definitely asking, like we were talking about universal questions, which are basically questions that are always going to garner a yes. I generally start the virtual event with three universal questions that build on themselves. And when I'm doing it, I'm, I will ask them, I'll say, if, if that's you, give me a yes in the chat mm -hmm. or give me something in the chat, right? We get the chat going. Um, and then I may even have them like, I, you know, I'll say, give, you know, tap your chest and say, that's me or yes, I agree or something like that. So I do it immediately to sort of set the tone for this is how it's going to go. We're going to be energetic. I really, and I'll let them know. I don't try to hide it. I'll say, Hey, look, we're here together. I'm going to ask you a lot to give me feedback because your energy is going to help keep my energy going. And we want to both stay engaged in this It's a two way sort of game here. And I'll let them know that, you know, they have the power and as the attendee to, to really show up aligned and energetic to where they, they take more of the information with them. And when you position it in a way that, and we, we use a little, I also use a little um, sort of a, not really a game, but I'll share sort of like, Hey, if you, you know, you can show up and listen and you'll retain X amount of information. Mm -hmm. If you take notes along with listening, you'll retain X amount. But if you're engaging, you're speaking back, you're in the chat, your energy's up, you'll leave with like 85 to 90% of the, the information. And if you're going to spend four hours here of your time, let's make that time really valuable. Wouldn't you right. agree? And then I'll have them engage in the chat again. So to me, that was the, and that's a learning experience. Cause believe me, when you hit about hour three, you have to, I keep little reminders on my desk, like remember engage, engage, right? So it helps to have a, um, it helps to have somebody there to help monitor the chat with you as well. I would share too. If you have a trusted um, assistant, you know, a co-host, something like that, that's really helpful too, because they can play a big part in helping not only keep people engaged, but by answering some questions and keeping things moving in the chat and keeping them excited um, along with it, because you don't have time to do both. It's hard to like manage, you know, what you're sharing and, pay attention to what's going on in the chat. All right. Well, great advice. I have a couple other questions I do want to ask you, Evans, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 
25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on Speaking Show. My guest in this episode is Evans Putman. And Evans, you talked about the three keys to success. Now I'd like you to maybe bear your soul a little bit here and maybe share a mistake that you made along the way in your speaking career that was embarrassing at the time, but a valuable lesson was learned and be something you advise others not to do. And you cannot mm-hmm. use your transition from first first one you did to the second one you did as your mistake. <laughs> I've already shared that one, right? So I can't <laughs> use that one. Um, you know, I, there's been times where, because I did this, I shared 18 months. I was doing this regularly once a month, pretty much. So you get, I, I, I admit there were times where I got a little bit probably lazy, lackadaisical. And I, you know, I remember having one where I had absolutely zero sales. Now, I don't know the exact reason for it, but it was probably multiple reasons and it had to do, you know, I will always put the responsibility on myself, but most likely because I had sort of gotten complacent with what I'd been sharing and I wasn't reading the room and paying attention enough to what people need help with. There's, you know, one of the big keys that I often will do is I'll ask them, you know, where are you and do you have a podcast now? Yes or no? Like, what is that? What's your biggest challenge? And I found that was, this goes back to another one of those good things to do, right? Because they tell you what they need to learn about. And when I haven't done that, I've sort of let my ego think, well, I know what they need. And mm-hmm. when you do that, often you, um, the feedback you get is <laughs> very low applications and uh, also very low sales. So yes, it was that time that I had just an absolute no sale. And there was another time that was sort of out of my hands where, and this goes back to the the, the key of having that co-host, having somebody else there with you, where I thought it was one of the best events I had done. First time I'd done one on my own without my partner that we had worked together in the past. We had split our offers out. I was doing this one on my own. It was going great. Had one of the biggest crowds I'd ever had in the virtual room. And, um, Right before I invited people to apply, my internet went out. (laughs) Not only did the internet go out, Brett, but (laughs) I tried to grab my phone because I was like, okay, I can just hotspot. Well, I opened up my phone and I had zero bars. And so it was gone. The whole like event was over. I didn't have anybody in the room. But then I found out later that everybody that stuck around, they had like a big networking party and connected <laughs> and got on each other's podcasts. And, you know, so worked out well for them, not so much for me. So that raises a question. And that question is, how do you determine if a stage, a virtual stage mm. is the right stage for you to invest your time in being on That's a good question. You know, I I think, and and are you speaking from the perspective of if someone asked me to come to their virtual stage? Yeah. So if you're going to be a guest on somebody else's summit or whatever, how do you determine if that's a good fit for you? Absolutely. Well, one, definitely knowing who the audience is that they are targeting. 
So you want to make sure that you are showing up and speaking to the the right people. But I would also, I would also do a little research because it's much like being on a podcast is that you always want to know who this host is and a little bit about them. And do you align with their values and how they show up in the world? Because as soon as you show up on that summit or that virtual stage of someone else's, you are now positioned next to them. Mm-hmm. So people are going to think of you as being with that person, whether or not you know them or not, right? Because of all the marketing that's going out. So I would say those two things are definitely key. Knowing, you know, knowing um, who the who the target market is. Is it your dream client? Is it the right space to be speaking? Because our time's really valuable. Your listeners' times are valuable, and you don't want to just start, you know, speaking on stages where the people it's just not the right fit whether it's the host or the audience. I agree. So uh, I want to dive into podcasting a little bit, Evans, because that is certainly your sweet spot or whatever. So obviously a lot of speakers Mm -hmm. are podcasters like you, like me and all that. So give us maybe two or three tips for making your podcast the most successful marketing vehicle as a speaker it can be. Mm, I love it. So as the host, if you were a speaker that was the host. Correct. One. One thing I would share that I've learned that I never really thought of until these past 18 months is how how powerful it is to have the skills of a speaker and be a podcast host, right? Either a host or a guest, because when you develop speaking communication skills, it can really translate in the podcast. So that's one thing that I would say is to focus on taking those skills that you've learned as a speaker, your storytelling, and don't forget the power of story. Don't fall into the habit of thinking that you just need to pummel people with information because the best thing you can do in your podcast is actually give people a transformation so that they can believe that they can do the thing they wish to do, right? So when they see you as that person of value who not only has a skill or a system that can help them, but then you can shift their belief through the content that you produce. Now you've got a win-win because they not only believe they can do it and be successful, they're more likely to be successful when they work with you. So to me, that's one thing that I think gets lost in the mix is the the power of um, focusing on transformational content within your within your podcast. The other thing I would share, and this is one of my big pet peeves that um, that I often bring up and I, I listened to one of your episodes and loved what I heard right off the bat. So this is, um, for you, Brad, I was sharing that, but this is what I would share to everyone who's a host is that don't forget that you need to capture leads from your podcast. That's one of the biggest mistakes that I believe most podcasters make. Doesn't matter if they're speaker or, you know, just an educator or who they are is that we need to we need to treat our podcast as an asset for the business instead of just a way to magnify our our message because if you are a speaker who has a say a, a speaking business maybe you teach or coach people how to be speakers or you have an educational component some courses that you sell around anything you need to start focusing on shifting people from listener to lead because I speak that from ex- experience from a little bit about what you probably heard heard me share, Brett, was um, 
in our previous business with uh, we had a podcast called Real Estate Rock Stars with Pat Hyben, and we were we were struggling, struggling to to survive the business wise, right? And it wasn't until we sort of stopped doing everything and went all in on getting people from a listener to a lead that it changed everything because then we were able to develop a relationship and cultivate that relationship outside of the podcast. So the, right. to me, those are the two, two of the biggest things. And, and to, um, I guess the third one I would share, and this is one that we often forget is that there is a, the listener on the other side of the microphone that you're speaking to, don't forget to acknowledge them, to let them know that they're seen, that they're heard and that can be in the form of inviting them to submit questions, to provide the feedback. And when they provide, maybe they they leave you ratings and reviews. We used to read our reviews in the podcast and share, even if they were bad reviews, right? But we shared what people said and we would give them a shout out. So we would let them know like, hey, Brett, thank you for writing in your email question. We'd love to address that. And we'd address it in the podcast. But what you're doing then is you're actually creating a more loyal listener. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, it's much easier to grow your podcast because you're not, it's much like in sales where you're not having to constantly go out and find new listeners because you're taking care of the ones that are already there. So those are three really good tips that I think a lot of times um, get sort of brushed under the table that people don't talk about. All right. Well, Evans, uh, that's all great advice. And I would like now to give you a couple of minutes to tell people a little bit more about what you do and how they can get involved in your world if they would like to. Sure. And thank you for that. So um, as we mentioned podcasting, I, I, I help. I do podcast consulting. I run uh, what I call Podcast Profit School is another new program that we've just launched as well, which I gave you a link if, you know, probably be in the show notes that you'll put down in there. Um, but we focus on helping, you know, entrepreneurs with big positive messages and missions. They could be speakers, experts, coaches, consultants, and help them create, turn their podcast into the engine that drives their business. Because I believe it's a really powerful way as a speaker, especially to connect with your audience, to have a captive audience, to build that know, like, and trust. And it shortens the sales cycle immensely. But if you're in the speaking world, it also is a great relationship building tool as well. So for me, that's what I just love helping people do is I help them monetize their message, grow their audiences, and use what we call our podcast ATM business model, which gives them a a system that's been proven over time to generate millions of revenue and uh, millions of downloads as well for ourselves and for our clients. So we'd love to help people with that. Um, I just love it. And to me, the podcast is the vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's really the message that the person has to share and to shine out in the world that I really enjoy helping get out there. And if I can help them do that through podcasting, then it's a victory for me. All right. Well, outstanding. Well, Evans mentioned something that will be down in the show notes below, but that is his listeners to leads blueprint. And you can get that by texting the word leads, L-E-A-D-S, to 55444 or email info at infiniteimpactmethod.com. But again, that is going to be in the show notes down below. So, Evans, I want to thank you sincerely for being my guest today. Great information. 
This is one of those listen to it again type episodes, folks. And as always, if you haven't been to Spotlight on Speaking.com, hop on over there, register with your favorite service to be notified of upcoming episodes. If you haven't downloaded your three key things entrepreneurs must master to build a profitable speaking business, you can get that at BrettRidgeway.com. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgeway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.